0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a special Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Got a lot to get to on today's show, but need to say farewell to a BYU legend, Kyle Morrell, a team captain from the 1984 National Championship team, of course, the guy who had the most famous tackle, I feel like, in BYU history against the University of Hawaii that season. Passed away this past weekend due to complications from ALS. Had a chance to catch up with Jim Herman, his co-captain of that 1984 BYU defense, to talk about the life and legacy of Kyle Morrell. We'll get to that ahead on today's show. And today also is NBA Draft Day. What are the chances of Yoli Childs and or Jake Toulson hearing their name called? maybe not great, but we'll examine their pro prospects with regards to the association on today's show as well. So a lot to get to ahead on today's podcast. It's brought to you today in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, as well as Bilt Bar. We'll tell you about both of these great companies later on in the show. All right, without further ado, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 18th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Kicking off today's show, of course, tonight is the NBA draft. Normally, an event that happens during the midsummer after the NBA finals, but hey, It's weird. 2020's weird. We all get that. And the NBA draft is tonight. There are two players still harboring ambitions of playing in the association from BYU basketball. Those would be Yoli Childs as well as Jake Toulson. Both of them have skills I think the NBA is looking for. But to be honest with you guys... I'm not sure you're going to hear either player's name called. The more likely of the two to hear his name called is obviously going to be Yoli Childs. He has the ability to play that small ball four, that small ball five, and I really look forward to seeing uh, what he can do at the next level. But I'm just not convinced that he's done enough to hear his name called tonight. If he's going to be called, have his name called in the draft, it will be a second round Uh, deal where he'll be called probably in the latter stages of this draft. But more likely, my thought is, is I think you'll end up seeing him be a undrafted free agent probably sign a two-way deal which is a new thing in the NBA over the past couple of years where these players yeah they're on the quote-unquote active roster for an NBA team as the 16th and 17th players on those on those rosters but they're only called up in emergency situations where they come in when you have injuries and the like the majority of the time they spend with those teams affiliated g-league uh, team so in essence if you were playing for the Utah Jazz you're playing for the Salt Lake City stars. There's just so many different things that go on. Uh, with this, but I feel like a guy like Yoli Childs, he probably is going to be a guy who ends up signing a two-way deal, and at some point, if he develops like teams expect him to, he then gets his opportunity to sign a, a active roster deal or he ends up on an active roster for an NBA team and then uh, is playing in the NBA. I think this has got to be more of a long-term play for a guy like Yoli. The nice part is he's not your typical uh, BYU player where he's gone on a mission, etc. He is a little bit older of a prospect, especially in college, basketball if you play all four years in the college game you're actually considered pretty old but byu in particular you add another year to two years on top of that for an lds mission a mission for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints well you can be 23 or 24 which is the case with jake toulson there's one unique skill that jake toulson offers to the nba and that is the ability to shoot the three at a high level if he can prove that skill, he probably ends up, I think, signing a G League deal with a team with the thought that at some point he ends up becoming the next, let's say, Duncan Robinson for the Miami Heat. Robinson is an elite three-point shooter. Jake Toulson, so long as he goes out and proves that he can shoot the three at a very high level, he's going to get an opportunity. Uh, Jonathan Javoni from ESPN and Draft Express, he actually had a thing he put out over the weekend saying, the top three-point shooters of the NBA G League Elite Camp Combine Endurance Drill, which is five minutes of consecutive game speed spot-up threes, the top two shooters in that drill at this event, Jordan Ford, formerly of St. Mary's, And Jake Toulson of BYU both of which shooting 78 percent if you can be a 40 plus percent shooter from the corner three position when it comes to the NBA game you're gonna find yourself on an NBA team shooting has never been more valued in the NBA than it is right now and I look forward to seeing what happens with a guy like Jake Toulson so More likely tonight to hear his name called, if at all, is going to be Yoli Childs. And I think that Yoli Childs probably ends up getting a two-way deal with an NBA team. If he doesn't have his name called, he becomes one of those quote-unquote 61s. But I think down the road, Jake Toulson can find himself playing in the NBA as well, because he has proven that he can shoot the ball, especially from three at a high level. NBA teams want guys who can shoot. If you can park yourself in the corner and shoot a three at a high level and Defended an adequate level on the other end, which is a big question mark, I think, for both BYU players, both Yoli and Jake. If they can prove that ability to shoot the three and defend at a marginal or a high level, they're going to find themselves playing in the association at some level. Like I said, I don't see it happening right away. I don't see Yoli Childs immediately getting signed to a team and then making the active roster. We could be proven wrong. Jake Toulson, could he become the next Duncan Robinson? I don't know. I think Sam Merrill from Utah State's probably got more of that rep. He's a little bit older of a prospect, like Jake Toulson, having served an LDS mission in his own right. But both of them, spot-up shooters who can show lateral ability to guard opposing players, you know what? That's going to give you an opportunity to play. So I like the fact that BYU may have two guys ha- who have a chance here to stick on an NBA roster or in the case of Jake in a G League roster with the hopes of moving up to an active roster at some point. The NBA season is going to be shortened this year to just 72 regular season games. There's going to be a play-in tournament and that type of stuff. There's some different changes to it, but there is an elite skill that players have to have to stick in the NBA. In the case of Jake Toulson, I think it's his three-point spot-up shooting. If he can prove that, NBA teams are going to value it. In the case of Yoli Childs, he needs to prove he can shoot from three on in, but also prove that he can be that quote-unquote small ball five or a stretch four. If they both prove that their skill sets work out and fit the NBA game, you're going to see them have that opportunity. But it's all going to be very dependent on the situation they find themselves in. They got to find the right franchise that fits their skill set. They got to find the right development staff within that franchise who's going to help develop their game. And then additionally, you got to have a coaching staff that believes in you. If it all goes to plan, you could have two guys from BYU's hoops roster from this past season end up playing in the NBA, despite potentially both being undrafted. But the odds are long because these are the best 450 or so players in the world, and you have to prove it and you have to take somebody's job away from them. It's easier said than done. But I look forward to both Jake Toolson and Yoli Childs pursuing the dream. And the nice part is, even if they don't make it in the NBA, These are two guys who are going to have opportunities all over the world to play this game and make a lot of money doing it. So I'm not so worried about them being able to play the game they love. I'm just hoping that they get the opportunity to do it at the level they want to, which obviously considering they're both pursuing this is in the NBA. So very, very curious to see what happens tonight. You can watch it on ESPN. Pay attention to the Casey Yoli Childs. That latter half of the second round picks 45 through 60. That's when he would go based on everything I have read, if at all. And after that, we'll have to see what happens. And we'll bring you any news that we hear in the aftermath of the draft. And it may not come for a few days or so till we hear what they're going to do with regards to their basketball future. But I'm glad to see both of them pursuing the dream here. And here's hoping they get that opportunity to prove it down the road. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to switch gears and talk BYU football. The BYU football program lost one of its all-time legends with the passing of Kyle Morrell this past weekend due to complications from ALS, and we'll have a chance to catch up with Jim Herman, his co-captain for the BYU defense on that national championship team, had some great thoughts on what Kyle Morrell means to him personally, as well as the BYU football program. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar, folks. I mean this when I say this. This is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They taste like a candy bar. They're soft and easy to chew. You will crave protein bars like you've never craved them before. And I, and to be honest with you guys, I don't think I've ever craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar. 18 unique flavors. They have something that'll fit what you like. They have nut and non-nut flavors. Peanut bread and a brownie's delicious. I'm a huge fan of the Cherry Barsia, the Lemon Almond Cheesecake is delightful even the peanut butter just the peanut butter flavor itself it's actually one of my favorites there is every flavor out there i guarantee they'll find one two or three that you will love and the best part is you can go to builtbar.com right now use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and save yourself 20 percent on your next order they want you guys to fall in love with built bars like i have fallen in love with them they're the perfect complement for the keto diet the perfect for the health conscious guy or gal no matter what you're doing you're trying to lose or maintain your weight they can help you do that they've been a fantastic addition to my diet and i mean it when i say it you will crave these protein bars they are the best of the best so once again go to builtbar.com right now place your order use that promo code locked on save yourself 20 percent on your order and enjoy the best tasting protein bars on the market
1: i don't know if he made it that time we had a byu linebacker go right over the top and hit him Or maybe in Kyle Morrell, come right over the top. If it's fourth down, and it is, here's another big call. They lost some yardage that time. I think they did. Kyle Morrell really timed that play perfectly. Dove committed himself. It would have been offsides if he would have missed it. But at the half inch line, it doesn't really
0: matter if he's offsides. That right there is the single greatest play in BYU defensive history, if not the greatest play in BYU history. Kyle Morrell diving over the pile to drag down Rafael Cherry on the literally one inch line. Helped preserve BYU's undefeated national championship season in 1984, a play that will not be forgotten for many, many years, if ever. It's just one of those plays you only see every so often in a lifetime, and Kyle Morrell, one of those guys. Unfortunately, Kyle Morrell passed away this past weekend due to complications from ALS, an awful disease. It is my pleasure to bring in now Jim Herman, Kyle Morrell's co-captain of the 1984 BYU National Championship team defense. Of course, Jim knows Morrell about as well as anybody, and it's my pleasure to have you on the show. Jim, how are you, sir? I'm
1: well. How are you, Jake? Good to hear from you.
0: Good to hear from you as well. I guess it, I wish it were under better circumstances, obviously. Uh, sad news with the passing of Kyle Morel, one of your teammates, a guy you were a team captain with on that 1984 National Championship team. Can you just give uh, our listeners a sense of what Kyle meant to you, I guess, to your teammates?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, gosh, as a defense player, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't embrace or represent really more what a defensive player was and and certainly represented that to to our 1984 team. Fierce competitor, uh, you know, capitals on both fierce and competitor. Probably one of the toughest guys I know. And I know that times like this sometimes hyperbole um, can reign supreme, but I promise you that this is an accurate representation. Kyle was one of the toughest dudes I've ever played, ever been around, just embodied what being a hard-nosed safety and football player was in the 80s and, and 90s and you know, even quite frankly now just uh, was a heart and soul in a lot of ways um, and just uh, knocked your lights out, but at the same time uh, was a great teammate. He you know, had uh, leadership capability, obviously he was elected captain and then um, represented the team throughout, was an uh, All-American, represented us. Uh, played. He and I played in a couple All-Star games together and then he obviously – had some uh, banquet duties going around on the All-American circuit. and was always a great representative of BYU, but also uh, a leader in, in, you know, so many ways. So, uh, yeah, it's just tragic. Um, I don't know, you know, how deep he even think about it, but um, I think his style of play, um, you know, was not conducive to probably long-term health. Um, you know, he just cared a little about his body and would just – was literally just uh, all out, lay it all on the line kind of guy, and uh, whether it was um, tackling or, um, you know, obviously people remember the the Hawaii game, but um, I'm just talking to every play, yeah. just bringing the heat and knocking people out. I, obviously, there's different
0: generations of football, and I think what you talk about there is yes, the 1980s when you were a safety, you were you were just leveling guys. I, I think that, but. I think what Kyle Morrell did in a BYU uniform, it can't be overstated his importance to that team. Because you, you mentioned the, the Hawaii game, that play on Rafael Cherry will be one of the plays that, until I don't know what comes down the road, it'll forever be on BYU highlight reels. But he did more than that for that team, right?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was like you know, I'm, I'm I'm honored to be a co cap defense co-captain with him. Um, uh, you know, w- ironically, we, Kyle and I were not probably the best in stressful situations. We are both have similar, similar personalities. Um, but I think those personalities were conducive to, um, you know, bringing a little attitude to our defense and he was, you know, at the top of the heap when it came to that. He, um, so many great stories. We were in Hawaii and uh, we were in Wyoming and, uh, You know, we kind of had some struggles against Wyoming off and on throughout the years. They ran the kind of version of the wishbone back then, and sometimes our defense gave up some yards. In 1983, we gave gave up some the year before, and we knew that this could, you know, maybe be a trap game. Or Wyoming was always a a rival, so it really wasn't something to get up for. But team meeting, he took a ketchup bottle. You know, we we usually would have cheeseburgers, and then the team we watch a film, and then team would have a chance to kind of talk amongst ourselves and. Um, he picked up a ketchup bottle and threw it uh, about a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, and it went over my head about six inches, which got my attention for more ways than one. But he wasn't trying to scare me or throw it at me. He just saw, saw the nearest wall and and uh, threw about a 95-mile-an-hour ketchup bottle at the wall and it splattered all over and then kind of went into a very impassioned speech about what we needed to do and and uh, and, you know, guys just – stuff like that up because it was real. It was genuine. It was who he was. Um, and so, yeah, he was, uh, he was a, a leader in many different ways, but, um, his personality absolutely permeated the defense.
0: I do have to ask you about that Hawaii play, though. Obviously, people will remember he he times the snap, jumps over the line, and drags down Cherry from behind. Were you on the field for that play? What are your memories of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. You can see my little head poking through right there. You know, you always kind of look for yourself. But yeah, we, uh, I, you know, hey, it was whatever it was, fourth and one on the one. And we had we had played well in the sense we had racked up quite a few yardage, lots of yardage on defense. And actually had held them in check offensively. I mean, I think they had a total of 13 points, but we had six turnovers. And, uh, I mean, if you know anything about football, to win a game with mm-hmm. even one or two turnovers is tough to do. And I think we had six. We had a couple blocked punts, We had interceptions. We had some fumbles. It was it was ridiculous. It was comedy of errors. We just put ourselves, kept shooting ourselves in the foot, and we put ourselves in a really dire situation of kind of giving up a loss, you know, in Hawaii that we had a really good thing going at the time, and uh, obviously uh, what it led to was monumental for our school and for all of us personally and as a team. So that play uh, in the annals of BYU sports uh, legend, hall of fame plays of the century, whatever you want to call it um, has to be really at the top of the list. Right? Some people, you know, Ains driving half court against Notre or the full court against Notre Dame, you know, there's some other ones along the way, but um from, from what for what it did for BYU sports BYU football in general I, uh, I just don't know how you can argue there's a bigger play or anything of more importance to the program from a national level from a local level from everything in between so yeah it was monumental the, the irony was um, you know we all came off the ball tried to drive you know as defensive linemen try to shoot the gaps mm-hmm. um, and we stopped them right there was no replay there was no big screen in the TV. Uh, or no big screen TV in the stadium showing a replay. I just feel like sweet. He didn't get in, you know, because your head's buried amongst amongst a bunch of big 300 pound bodies. And just I remember he didn't get in, and no one talked about it on the plane coming back. Like oh my gosh, there was this unbelievable play that Kyle made. It really wasn't until we got back, and on the TV they. You know, that's the first time we really saw it in huh. in replay and we and you know, I just remember being astounded, like, holy cow. I had no idea uh other than we stopped them really what what it was all about and then you know the the play became legendary. I didn't know
0: that. I would have thought you guys would have been like celebrating on the plane back and whatnot. That's crazy to think. Oh we know. were
1: celebrating. Sure. We were celebrating, but but you know, there was no oh my gosh, Kyle. <laughs> you know, it kind of just all happened. Yeah. At least that's the way I remember it, you okay. know, and, and there may be some other people that I'm um, like, oh no, absolutely not. But, I, you know, I remember we would always, it was a different era. There was no um, cell phones, there were no smartphones, yeah. there was no instant in, information gratification, right? So, you know, then Sunday night was always, um, you know, the local kind of, a coaching show where they would talk about the game and they would show some highlights. They'd either have a player on or a coach on. And then, you know, Sunday night is at least to me, what the way I remember it, um, you know, sitting with, I I lived with Steve Young and Lee Johnson at the time. And, you know, we kind of settled in to watch the local shows and, and, um, you know, I just remember being, Oh my gosh, blown away. And, you know, from there it just picked up steam and, and it's, you know, written in the history books as a, play of plays. There you go. Part
0: one of my conversation with Jim Herman, more on Kyle Morrell. We'll also get some thoughts from him on the current BYU football program, what they're doing right now, ranked number eight in the country, sitting at eight. 0 we'll get to more of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at All Guard Pest Control. We love this company. I love this company. It is the best option for your pest control needs. If you live along the Wasatch Front, they're capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Whether you're in Davis or Weber County, Salt Lake County, even on the Tooele and Wasatch County areas, this is a company based in Utah County that will travel to help you out. They offer both residential and commercial uh, pest control services. So no matter what you, what you need, they can handle it. That's what I love about this company. We'll have another call on Friday, which we do each week, uh, speaking with Seth Baird. If you'd like to win a free treatment from All Guard Pest Control, I want to encourage you guys to send in a question now. No matter what your question is about your pest control issues or something you want to know about pest control, Seth will address it. And the best part is you'll be entered to win a free treatment from All Guard Pest Control. If you have pest control needs, no matter what it is, they can handle it. So give them a call anytime. That's 801 851 812 801 851 1812 or check them out online at all guard pest controls that's all guard pest controls with an s that's all you can check out their website to learn more about them this is a company who does it the right way seth and his team are the best of the best and they are a local company who wants to treat your home just like it's their own That's what I love about this company. I trust them to take care of my home and my pest control needs. I want to encourage you guys to to do the same. So once again, go to AllGuardPestControls.com or give them a call, 801-851-1812. That's AllGuard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. As we round out this Wednesday edition of the show, let's get to part two of my conversation now with Jim Herman. More on the legacy, the life of Kyle Morrell, but additionally, some thoughts from him on the eighth-ranked Cougars, what he's seeing from the BYU football program currently. So here you go, part two of our conversation with BYU national champion, Jim Herman last year, uh, Kyle, along with you and some of your other teammates, you guys were able to run the team flags out ahead of the Liberty game last November. How cool was that experience looking back on it now now that he's passed on?
1: You know, it's amazing. I mean, we were well aware of what was happening, um, so really what, you know, they they wanted to honor Kyle, rightfully so, um, and you know, it's become a tradition at BYU. There's, there's an alumni flag that's run out, and um, you know it's usually an honor it's someone from that's played in the past for certain reasons and and, and whether it's local geographical and way games or whatever but um, obviously with with the way things were progressing with Kyle, we want to make sure we had an opportunity to honor him at a home game and um, due to his condition, he wasn't you know physically able to to run the flag out and so um, you know he reached out to, Um, fellow teammates and captains you know Craig Garrick has passed and myself and Glenn Kozlowski and Robbie were there as well as Jay McDonald who's really good friends with 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 Kyle and um, we got to all be together and um, and share some great time together as friends and family as as teammates and family and and um, participate with him and his family and, and have that opportunity and it was great we we had a suite we went up to and and Tom came up and, and it was great to see Patty Edwards was there and she came up and spent some time with us. And it was just, um, I'm sure a reprieve from him and for his family to, um, not deal with what he was dealing with for at least a night and, uh, think about when times were great. I thought, um, Dick Harmon wrote a great article kind of summarizing it up with, it was really nice and emotional and kind of wrapped uh, you know, all our feelings up, kind of got to talk to him a little bit about it. But it was a great night, to say the least. And, and uh, it was great to spend time with Kyle. I, and it, honestly, I think it was close to just about a year ago. Um, it was like mid-November, um, right, right around this time. So um, it's crazy what's happened in the last year. And um, he was in pretty good spirits, and I really enjoyed talking to him that night. We talked about um, just playing his family, our family, his kids, my kids, geez what's going on and and then you know we talked about the disease and just um what he was dealing with and how it was and and you know just what a you know what an insurmountable tough um thing he was dealing with but how he was dealing with it so for myself it was cathartic it was nice to just kind of have the opportunity to talk to him about that and and our life and all sorts of other things and it's crazy to think year later. Year later, um, you know he's he's passed. So it was it was a great night. Uh, one final question for
0: about Kyle here, Jim, and then we'll talk about a couple other things. But I just want you to, I guess, summarize how you think that a guy like uh, like Kyle should be remembered for BYU fans.
1: Oh gosh, um, you know, honestly, as good as it gets. It, uh, honestly, seriously, from a, just from a personal and position player. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's, I, I can't think of really, you know, I mean, there, there's some guys who have had maybe longer NFL careers, but um, from a college career uh, playing safety at BYU and playing the position at the highest level, um, All-American honors, All-Conference honors, he was Conference defensive Player of the Year. Um, and what he meant to our team, it's, it's honestly, it's as good as it gets. And, and the attitude he brought and his personality that he brought to the defense and being a great teammate and team leader, it was, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, really put a value on it. It was, it was as good as it got for us. And, you know, not only just what he meant to the team, as a player, but as a friend and a teammate and a leader and all that kind of stuff it was, uh, as time goes on, you really learn to appreciate that stuff. And so, um, yeah, he was, he was, he's, he's, in my opinion, he's the top of the heap from a safety standpoint at, at BYU. And, um, for those players that didn't know him, it, it's interesting. I posted something on Facebook and Instagram. And I saw some, some guys chirp in that I played with, or that played in the NFL with Steve or that I've gotten to know over the years that, I grew up watching and he was my idol. You know, I grew up in, in North Salt Lake or Bountiful and he was a man and he was a legend and all that stuff. So it's super fascinating to hear people's perspective that were in high school when he was in college and people that were in college when he was in college. So it's, it's really um, cool to hear and see some of those tributes and people's perspective, perception of Kyle and who he was as a person and a player
0: i think that's touching i appreciate you, you weighing in on that jim uh before i let you go though i do want to ask you about this year's team they're eight and zero, ranked number eight in the country uh, i think there are parallels between your national championship team in 1984 and this team uh, it's a weird year a lot of teams have been able to play have been able to play what have kind of been your thoughts
1: on watching this year's version of the byu football program oh gosh you know it's in, with the background of being it's just a crazy, weird year, I mean, obviously that's part of the, the story, which, which adds to it in so many ways and which can be a distraction in other ways. But yeah, I mean, you know, went from being crushed to thinking there's going to be zero college football. Mm-hmm. And then there were all the conference, conferences that announced that, oh yeah, there's going to be football, but we're just going to play at conferences. And then it was like, oh my gosh, we're, we're left out. You know, we got nowhere to go. And then it was like, no, none of the conferences are playing to, oh, my gosh, now we're playing, not only we're playing, but we're playing first and we're playing more than anyone and we're the only team in the West. And on top of that, my gosh, we're playing really, really well. Um, What a crazy year, you know? So, I mean, that's kind of the backdrop and, and the talking points and the perception, I think, overall. But specifically, it's just great to see BYU do what it should do. Is it, the, is it the best schedule in the world? Heck no. But you do what you can do. And then this year, I mean, hats off to, to Tom for putting the schedule together. Hats off to Kwan and the coaching staff for preparing everyone and being ready to play under really crazy circumstances. And then you know executing at offensively an unbelievable level, in my opinion. And then, um, you know, I, I, have a, I have a soft spot for Zach. I, I co- you know, was on the mm-hmm. coaching staff with him in high school. Um, he was not heavily recruited locally. Um, I was I'm good friends with his dad and Zach. And I was pushing him hard to BYU. And it was, quite frankly, um, received with mixed um, emotion and, and enthusiasm. And I kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And uh, loved Ty, but... He, I think, was focused on some other things. To Kalani's credit, you know, he, he saw Zach as an asset. Um, I don't think he necessarily saw him particularly as a quarterback early on. He thought maybe play some other positions. But I was, I would, I, you know, I went on the radio at the time and said the best quarterback to come out of Utah in the last twenty years is Zach Wilson, not Cam Cooper. And I had some people, um, personalities, and other people criticized me for that. I just thought Zach was a more complete player than Cameron. Not that Cameron didn't have a gun and could swing it around. I just thought Zach had all this huge potential. And my goodness, why are we not recruiting this guy? And why are not we Why are we not recruiting him hard? Um, it, it just it made no sense to me, but um, I'm super grateful the way things worked out. Obviously, he's an alumni at BYU. That's a friend of Zach's. I'm ecstatic that he's at my alma mater and he's elevating the program to where it should be. And that personally he's going to be rewarded and, and he's going to put his name on the record books as a great BYU quarterback that of old. And, and hopefully he's got the program back on track. I think he's got great offensive coaching right now. I think the play calling is fantastic. I love the style of of football they're playing. I love that they're putting Zach and the assets he has in situation and opportunities to excel. Um, so uh, I, I'm pumped. I, I, you know, I think our defense plays great. I'll, you know, I don't love our defensive scheme, but I think the players are playing lights out and flying around and, and playing well and doing what they're supposed to be doing. And offensively, I think they're crushing it. So uh, I know I'm rambling, but <laughs> that's, that's kind of my point. Those are, those are my views, and, and I'm, I'm super excited what's happening.
0: Uh, I think you nailed it. I think you answered pretty much every question I could have asked about this season, you, what you encompassed there. So Jim, I think we'll leave it there. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to join us on short notice to talk about Kyle and talk about this year's team and hope to catch up with you again soon and talk some more BYU football. Okay.
1: Thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. in in all seriousness, right? I mean, we life short, life goes fast. And, uh, I mean, I really hope people remember Kyle's great contributor to the BYU athletic program, specifically football. Dude was a warrior. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm sad that he's no longer here, but I also know the battle he was in was really tough. And, um, I'm hoping he is out of pain in a great place and, and we're going to miss him. And he, uh, was a great friend, teammate and we love him. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to honor him with a few words and, uh, and keep his memory alive as an unbelievable contributor to BYU Athletics. So thanks for doing that.
0: There you go. My conversation with Jim Herman. And to be honest with you, it was a pleasure to have him on the show to talk about Kyle Morrell. This is a guy who that play against Hawaii, in my opinion, is at bare minimum, the greatest defensive individual play in BYU football history. There have been great plays on the offensive side of the ball. that Some may argue are the greatest plays in BYU history period. But you have to say, At minimum, that Kyle Morrell play as an individual play might be top five at the very, very worst and very well could be the best individual play in BYU football history. So a great opportunity to hear from a guy like Jim Herman about what uh, Kyle Morrell means to the BYU football program, what he meant to him personally, and just the life and legacy of one of the all-time legends from BYU football. So uh, thanks to Jim Herman. And before we go on today's show, I know we're over time, but I do want to say and express our condolences to the Morrell family on the loss of Kyle Morrell. This is a guy who had his hardships. He got hit by a car. It wasn't very long ago and survived, got run over by a car, if I recall, and survived that. And ALS is just a tough disease to deal with, period. Anybody who has had a loved one deal with it, or you've seen somebody pass away from ALS, you know how tough it is of a disease it is to deal with. And You know what? I just ultimately want to say rest in peace to Kyle Morrell. His legacy, his legend in BYU football history, and even beyond that, beyond the gridiron, will live on forever. So to the Morrell family, thank you for sharing Kyle with all of us BYU fans and Cougar Nation, and we wish him nothing but the best. Rest in peace to Kyle Morrell, and here's hoping he's in a better place. All right, that'll do it for this Wednesday edition of the show. Once again, a big thank you to Jim Herman for taking the time and a big thank you to all of you for joining us. Hoping to see what happens with the NBA draft tonight and hopefully have some good news for BYU guys, both Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson. But regardless, we'll have plenty covered for you in coming episodes. We'll get you ready for North Alabama later on this week. What to expect from BYU's FCS opponent this year. Is there something you can learn from it? We'll have that all broken down over the next couple of days, building up to that contest. So, Once again, a big thank you for joining us on the show. Follow the show on social media. Search us out, Locked on Cougars, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure to follow us there. You can follow my personal Twitter feed, if you so desire, at Jacob C. Hatch. The new Fleets thing on Twitter, by the way. Just not my favorite thing in the world, but that's a discussion point for another day. So follow us on social media, reach out via email. If you have questions, etc. that's locked on at gmail.com and make sure if you'd like to be entered to win a free pest control treatment, send them in for Seth from All Guard Pest Control now. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. And this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 18th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.